0: Look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More than money with the Popovich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm
1: Faisal Carmelli, My co-host here, Dave Popovich. Man, look at that suit. I'm going to clean up every okay. once in a while. So, unfortunately, for those of you who are on radio, won't be able to see this. Go to more than money, um and we'll get that video out for you. So, you can just see how this is a very nice suit, Mr. Popwitch.
0: Well, Maddie dressed me this morning. Well,
1: of course, someone else is dressing. You can't dress yourself. <laughs> so, we know that. But you She's, may.
0: <laughs> she said I have to clean up on occasion. <laughs> and today's the occasion. Actually, today's the occasion. But, I don't know why, <laughs> but today's the time.
1: So, um,. Great suit, great, uh, interesting week we've had in the markets. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why I say great, because we've seen a little bit of gyration from last week, talking about yeah. a potential war, yeah. bombs flying. Yeah. Trump comes out and says, eh, not going to be that as big as of a deal. Markets start to rally. So we're getting that gyration again.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's, I mean... Insert whatever story you want, okay. right? In any given time, it happens to be, you know, the potential for war. Not that that's insignificant, not that it's not terrible and, you know, airlines getting shot down and mistakes being made and all of these things. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we're we're, we're in a chaotic environment and have been for some time. And so this week was another example of that, where we had a, a big macro event, right? Spooked the markets. Yep. And you saw... Risk assets sell off. We saw gold go higher. You saw oil the speculation go higher. That, yep. You know all of these, and then it reverses very quickly. This is the environment that we're in. Yep. Right. Um, ultimately, we're going to have to keep drilling down to the underlying fundamentals if you want to get away from the shock and the awe of the top line headlines. That Headline we're seeing, story. Right? Yeah.
1: And and um, what was in the second page of news now was was always in the first page of news. Uh, last year right. was trade war. Yep. And we haven't heard as much. All we've heard is that uh, the Chinese are coming, they're coming to States and they're going to sign this deal so things are looking better that way but then the geopolitical peace between Iran and the US kind of just muddied that a bit. But interesting, they're talking still trade war. Yep. And you and I have so many discussions about this, about this is not a trade war.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that because I think people, we can, we can uh, raise an awareness here about I think, a topic that's going to become front and center, not just this year, but for probably some time to come. Correct. And it is based on asking the question, are we actually in a trade war?
1: And I am in the camp that it's not. I believe that it's all this trade war stuff, soybeans, agricultural goods, products going back and forth, is just the front to what the real issue is. And my view and our research that we've seen is showing that this is much bigger and we're going to call this the Cold War, mm. a technological cold war. Or as economic a, cold war. It, it leads to economics. You're absolutely right there. And and we can go back to the, the last cold war that we all know about between Russia and USA, and that was a military cold war. They're raising and building arms without actually fighting. Mm-hmm. Both countries, China and U.S. today, are trying to raise the technology. You, The, the Trump administration is trying to slow down China's technology boom and that causes a big cold war that, we're, that we don't have the label today, but I believe it's going to show itself fairly soon.
0: Yeah, I think that we're going to talk more about that. I, I, I want to add to a little bit about what you said. This this could have been, well, this was always going to be about technological dominance and economic dominance in the U.S., um, you know, is is fighting with China over those issues right now. How the Trump administration chose to deal with it, I think morphs it into something different than what it could have been. And you and I have discussed this, right? Yep. Yeah, I, we both are in agreement that <clears throat> that we are fighting this uh, an economic dominance issue and a technology dominance issue, certainly in certain places. And in fact, China has been very open about the fact that they want this. Um, so the U.S. is responding to that. Fair enough. The U.S. administration, and it was interesting, I'm going to tie this back to what the Bank of Canada governor said this week, uh, was talking about, that even if the trade disputes are fixed or reversed to some extent, that this is, there's permanent damage being done. Correct. Right. That's interesting. I mean, if it was just a trade war and you reversed the trade tariffs, there would be an impact on a temporary basis, but you could reverse those out. So Correct. why would it be permanent, you know, in his view or in the research that we see? And that's because that the Trump administration has decided to um, – sorry, one more piece, one more fact yeah, before I get yeah. to this – the Bank of Canada governor also said that uh, one of the concerns that he has in thinking through whether or not when a trade deal gets signed by the U.S. and China, it's going to help Canadian business, is will the U.S. administration then turn its attention to, say, Europe and the issues that they have on a trade basis, autos and all of these other things, yep. and open another front in yep. terms of an economic Absolutely. War. Okay. So if you accept um, that this is not just... Uh, Trade, but there's technology, there's long term economics, and a bunch of other things involved here, right? Then you can get to where David, uh, sorry, where the Bank of of Canada governor gets to, uh, Stephen Polo's, in terms of the permanency of some of these potential problems. But it leads down this path of if the Trump administration did not partner with Europe at the beginning to try to force some structural change in China, right? So you would have had the two biggest super economic powers in the world. In the world. Yep. Placing pressure on China, the third, yeah. okay, to force reform. Instead, the U.S. decides they're going to go it alone. They're going to attack China, and they're going to have an open front with with Europe. Yeah. Now it forces countries to decide. Right. This Correct. Is, this is that's the, the
1: Cold War that's part. The Cold War. So mm-hmm. now countries will have to decide whose team are they on, Team China or mm-hmm. Team USA, and for a country like ours. Right. So close to the U.S., it's pretty obvious where we're going to go. No choice. But what about Australia? Right. Close to China, democratic, has ties to other parts of the world. What about Europe?
0: What about the EU? That's the question.
1: Germany, for example, number one exporting partner. they, They send goods to is China. Right. So now, where do people or where do countries fit? Right. And so when you start building these groups of territorial lines or more importantly groups of countries that they're going to they're going to side with that becomes a permanent damage right and when i say permanent damage the effects of cold war are permanent damages till today even right. though the cold war the old cold war is and done then, yeah. russia China, yep. u.s is done in the in that war those permanent damages are still there right right that's why we need to look at where it's going to go to. So we get more sensitive of these issues. They become bigger and bigger of a concern for us as the years progress because we don't have those solutions right. yet. And so those are the things that we think about that could cause major disruption in people's portfolios, in their retirement, in their enjoyment. And so we, we keep that as a forefront. So we want to kind of educate people and say these are the things that we're thinking about.
0: Well, and it also leads you to think about, so it dip, your assumptions are critical in this, aren't they? So if if your assumption is that the U.S., and China signed this phase one agreement next week. Although there's some question about whether it's the 15th or not now. Trump is raising that. But yep. let's say they do. Okay? Uh, and they start negotiations on phase two. If your assumption is that they will get to a comprehensive free trade agreement or a trade agreement of some form, yep. then you might go down one path in terms of your thinking. If you think this is permanent, that this is a economic cold war, it's going to take you down a, a, different, different, path. a different path. And Correct. so, you know, this... We're going to talk in the in the in the fourth segment today about some of the experiences we have had early in the year with clients, client conversations, as we often do, and it's really interesting. I want to encourage you to stick around because it's been very different. Although the conversation ends up being the same, the same, yeah, right. And and ultimately, what we have to do is you have to get through the the shock and awe, the headlines, where we started this uh, this piece, and you've got to get down to the economics yeah. and the thesis of where you're going, right? Because you can't, in the absence of those two things, you can't form strategy.
1: Correct. And that's when you're left with irrational decisions, which can permanently dampen your retirement or your enjoyment in retirement. And so... You know what else dampens your, your retirement as well? I don't know, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. Minus 45 degrees Celsius. That'll do it. Okay, so we've got a guest coming up that's going to talk about the impacts of weather to yourself and to your retirement. Mm-hmm. And then we're also going to have some important tax information as we head into the season called RRSP season and right. how we're going to save on taxes and so forth. We've got our tax expert coming on on that as well. So stick around after the break for that. But here on this year, we're changing our location for for one of our seminars in the North End. Normally, we have it at a hotel or a wine store or what have you. Today, we're going to, or this month, we're going to go to the Hamptons Golf Course. And that's going to be on Tuesday, January 21st, 7 p.m., Hamptons Golf Course. But we are filling up already, Dave. I know. Already. There's been people saying we want to come out. Right. So you need to reserve your seats. Give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com.
0: Right. Join us after the break to make sure you're mentally prepared for minus 45. You're on 770 (laughs) CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal. Um, You're on 770 CHQ on more than muddy, but Faisal, it's cold. (laughs) You think? It turned cold on us, man. You think it's not going to get colder next week? Uh, It's going to get colder next week. I
1: saw a report minus 45.
0: Like without wind wind? chill? Probably wind. (laughs) Oh, man, that's nasty. Well, we haven't had that for a very long time. But you know what? (laughs) How do you feel about that? Like When you think about that... It's not good.
1: It's not good. It can actually take an impact on how you perform your regular day you know, at work or anywhere
0: else. Right. It does. It impacts people. It impacts me. I know that for sure. Yeah. The question is, as we go into winter, and, you know, I, I talk to people about this. Again, I'm not the only one affected by it, but it's sunlight. It's cold weather. It's all of those things that, you know, or lack of sunlight, I guess, that affect it. But we're going to we're gonna have a um, uh An expert joins us to help us understand the impact of this, and this is a gal we have on the show on a a regular basis, Dr. Wendy Froberg, and she's a clinical psychologist. Uh, Wendy, welcome to the show.
2: Well, thank you for having me.
0: So listen, we've got all these disorders going on right now because it's cold and dark and everything else. Um, I'm curious to know if I'm the only one that suffers from that.
2: Oh, you're absolutely not. I mean, sometimes I think we've all asked ourselves that question. Why, why do I live here? Why do I live where the air hurts my face? <laughs> is a song I heard recently. Um, but, you know, there's obviously advantages. But yeah, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not to be uh, trivialized, the impact of, of winter on our physical and our mental health, for sure.
0: And we do, we do joke around about that a little bit, Faisal, and we talk about it, and we're joking about it now. But it, is, it can actually lead to some mental health issues. It can lead to some, you know, performance issues. Um, Absolutely.
2: You know,
0: Maybe just walk us through a little bit about the kinds of impacts that this, this has on people and their, sure. you know, their overall health.
2: Well, I think the way we look at it is, you know, everything's just harder in the winter time. Um, there's there's just a lot more energy expenditure, simply starting with, you know, keeping keeping your body temperature up, keeping <laughs> keeping warm. Yeah. Um, but we definitely know that um, something called seasonal affective disorder um, is is very uh, common in in northern hemisphere kinds of, uh, of uh, cultures and climates. Um, shorter, darker days uh, lead us to be, you know, have sleep disruptions. Uh, increases in appetite just a, a lot of symptoms that are very similar to depression feeling kind of hopeless and and stuck and, and pessimistic yep. and um, uh, it's it's dark in the morning when you get up it's dark when you come home from work um, so we know our circadian rhythms our natural daily rhythms are disrupted our our levels of <clears throat> excuse me serotonin have gone down our levels of melatonin which affects our sleep are, are all altered yeah. so uh, it's it's a very it can be a very serious thing um, and as I say it's it's not at all uncommon. Uh, then we have just all the physical kinds of things. Um, I know you're you know you work a lot with uh, you know people in retirement and so on. And there, there's a, a real danger with the winter uh, being isolated. And we know that social isolation isolation and, and loneliness is extremely yeah. uh, d- dangerous for people um of all of all ages but particularly for the older as they become more and more housebound which is exacerbated by by cold weather and you know the dangers of just going out your front step and slipping and falling and those results can be catastrophic for a senior
1: and so do we have a higher impact as we age i know that a, my sensitivity to the mm-hmm. change in weather is higher now mm-hmm. than 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't even own snow boots, Dave.
0: Mm-hmm. I know that. I know this of you. Yes. Yes. So, That's how much you like the snow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm like exactly. forget no, this. I think
2: there's. I definitely think there's something to that. Um, you know, it's. Um, uh, as you as you get older, as I say, you've, you 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 just your body is definitely changing. You don't have the same muscle mass. You don't have the same, you know, respiratory capacity. You're at higher risk for, you know, things uh, like heart attacks and strokes. That's why you know people over 45 <clears throat> or 50 are warned about you know shoveling the snow. Um, and uh, as I say, everything just takes that much more work. And uh, and uh, there's a lot of seniors are isolated, so they're not getting the connections with other people that might help them get out and about and get a little bit of exercise, get some sunshine, uh, things like that. And of course, you know, we know that our immune systems can be compromised as we get older and the winter also compromises that. Um, So, you know, whether you've had your flu shot, uh, all sorts of things and seniors who are isolated, they might not be eating properly. Um, they uh, they might not be getting the exercise they need. They might not even be you know drinking enough water, and all those things um, you know cause problems. And for heaven's sakes, if they ever get to hypothermia, if they ever do get stranded or stuck outside, it can be lethal really quickly.
0: Yeah, and you know what's interesting is um, I mean you're a lot younger and better looking than I am, Faisal. <laughs> but I did some education uh, around aging um, probably 10 or 12 years ago. Um, you know, not, not to do with financial markets, but just Non-binary. the aging process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. And I got to tell you, aging, fast forward kind of 12 years now, um, Wendy, What one of the things I find is my eyes are getting worse, and it's harder and harder to drive at night. Mm-hmm. So I hate admitting that, but the fact of the matter is these are just changes that take place, and the night's a long but time Dave, now.
1: Dave, you can't even drive in the daytime. So, it, it, <laughs>
0: yeah, But it's worse <laughs> it at night, <laughs> Look into Absolutely. your future, my man. That's right. You tell me that
1: all the time. <laughs> uh, Wendy, every time he goes through an experience he can't see or his, his legs hurt or his back hurts when he gets out of bed, he's like, Faisal, look into your future. This is what's going to happen because there's, there's like a seven to eight year differential between us. So you, oh, lied. You, you've never lied to me because I feel the same stuff seven years later.
2: Well, it's a, it's a one-way street, let me tell you. It's a one-way street, so you might as well be have some advance warnings. This is my
1: question for you. How do you how do you manage through this? How do you stay positive in this as you're going through changes yourself, plus weather impacts and so forth? How do we how do we stay positive and manage through all this?
2: Yeah, well, I think it's the same advice that that we always give, but I think it's kind of stepped up in the in the cold weather. If you believe you do have seasonal affective disorder, it's important to get natural light. Sometimes you can invest in one of those light box kinds of things, um, but just getting out if you can, if it's not minus 45, for a quick walk. Even things like sitting sitting by windows. Um, So, you know, that's for the seasonal affective, but nutrition, you know, if you're elderly, maybe you have to, uh, and you can afford it, maybe you have to get um, a grocery service or something to deliver you warm food or fresh food, um, a little bit of exercising, lots of seniors go walking at the mall. Um, or there might yeah. be a video or something that they can pop into their, maybe their VCR if they're that old, um, but just something <laughs> something to exercise at home. Um, you know, drink lots of water, wash your hands, get your flu shot. And for elderly people, you know, sometimes we're resistant. I know I'm resistant to even wearing my glasses, but if you use adaptive aids like walkers and canes and things like that, it can, you know, at least get you... Keep you mobile. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that one of the biggest things is fight social isolation. Just right. talk to people, socialize to people, have people over, um, just stay connected because, you know, and, and I think if you have an elderly person in your life, make sure you're checking on them. Make sure you're, you know, you're seeing that they're okay. And not just that they're physically okay, but emotionally. Have, you know, have a visit with them. Make sure their house, you know, the other day the boiler went out in my house and I woke up and it was like, you know, 60 degrees and I was like, what? You know, unless that happens to a senior, they might not know what to do. So we have right. to look after each other. We have to fight that, um, that loneliness factor that is, they say loneliness is the new smoking. You know, it's that it's that detrimental to our health. You know, make sure that, yeah, that, that your elders, you know, the, the walks are shoveled and you're not going to slip and fall and wear those little icy things on your feet so that you can grip. and uh, But, yeah, driving, you know, you might have to, you know, make sure that uh, your seniors are getting a ride somewhere because it's too cold to wait for the bus. Uh, they're probably not driving um, you know, looking up the handy bus, things like that. So just, you know, really, really doing everything that we know is good for our mental health, thinking positively, you know, um, is, is very important.
0: Wendy, we got to leave it there. We're running out of time, but I want to thank you for a reminder of those things that we should be doing and the fact that I'm just not crazy that these things actually do (laughs) do affect other people. Okay. (laughs) Thank you very much again for joining us. You're welcome. We've been joined by Dr. uh, Dr. Wendy Froberg. She's a clinical psychologist and a regular recurring guest on the show. Um, you know, we th- this notion of mental health extends in so many areas, and you know, I don't think we're telling anybody anything new here. But the fact of the matter is, when it hits minus forty five degrees, mm-hmm. right, and if we get a stretch of it, um you've got to think about you know staying active and engaged, particularly when you're older. Correct, right? and, and, and and the fact is, things are going to change for you as you age, right? My yeah. eyes are an example of
1: that. And then you have to be conscious of that. That's and there's going to be a lot of things that are going to impact you, whether um, things are happening in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, things you see on the news. Ha- things happening in your family. These all take impacts to you, and many people find it challenging to go through retirement, mm-hmm. worrying about their money while they have these other external factors. And so, we're going to talk about a program, a system, that is designed to bulletproof your retirement throughout this this whole th- thing we call retirement. And it's going to be on Tuesday, January twenty first, seven p.m. at the Hamptons Golf Course. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, first time this. this yeah,
1: first yeah. time. Yep. You need to reserve your seat. So give us a call, nine six six eighty four hundred. That's nine six six eight four zero zero. Or you can register online at going to more
0: If you're interested in some investment related tax tips, stick around after the break. You're on seven seventy CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with David Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. I'm pretty sure we were just talking at Jamie Golembeck. About year-end tax tips, <laughs> maybe, what, three weeks ago or Something a month like ago? Yeah, last month. Yeah. Well, guess what? we got to talk about tax again and tax strategies for the beginning of the year.
1: There are strategies at the beginning of the year you can take? Yeah.
0: There you go. Yeah. It's all kinds of... Tax never ends. It never ends. Jamie, welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> Pleasure. We're joined by Jamie Golenbeck. He's a managing director, tax and estate planning, CIBC uh, Financial Planning and Advice Okay, so uh, there's a bunch of stuff. I mean, tax never ends, as I said, Jamie. We'll, uh, you know, we can talk about that. But I, I, I think we want to do a, a, a quick piece on helping people understand that different um, kinds of investments um, have different tax rates or different uh, approaches to tax. And I was hoping that you might maybe just start this segment with a, just a bit of a, uh, a review for people about um, what type of tax is attracted by different types of investments.
3: Absolutely. So, I mean, we're really talking about investing, for the most part, in non-registered accounts because if you've got room in your RSPs or TFSA or kids' RESP, of course, any type of income there will be completely tax-sheltered, in some cases, completely tax-free in the TFSA. So what we're really talking about, of course, is once you've done the RSPs and the TFSAs and paid for those kids' education, uh, then you look at your non-registered account and you say, how can I be more tax-efficient? when it comes to non-registered investing. And the truth is that the type of income that you earn actually determines how much tax you pay. So for example, you're investing in plain vanilla GICs, you're earning interest income, and that interest income is fully taxable at whatever your marginal tax rate is. So no tax breaks on interest income, GICs, savings accounts, bank accounts, high interest savings accounts, bonds, D-bills, it's all completely taxable, but then we get into something more interesting. If you start to invest some of your money in equities, either directly let's say in shares of Canadian companies or maybe through mutual funds that indirectly invest in shares of Canadian companies, you can earn dividend income. And the nice thing about the dividend income is that you get the dividend tax credit and the dividend tax credit significantly reduces the amount of tax you end up paying on those dividend income to allow for the fact that the corporations that are paying you that dividend have already paid corporate tax on that dividend income. It gets even better because if you invest in, let's say, securities like those stocks or even bonds, but they go up in value and you sell them at a profit, that is a capital gain. And that is the best form of income or investment income to have because capital gains are only 50 percent taxable. So no matter what your tax bracket is, if you invest in a capital gain and you realize that in a particular year, you will only pay 50 percent of the tax you otherwise would have paid if that same return was invested in GSEs, bonds, earning interest income.
1: Jamie, that you mentioned about capital gains. It came to my mind that we were talking, I think you were here in Calgary uh, late last year, and uh, you kind of gave me a heads up about what was on the table during the campaigns, especially by the NDP, to change how much tax a person pays on a capital gain. Do you think that's going to go through in 2019 or sorry, 2020?
3: You know, it's hard to say. With the government, you never know what's going to happen. So basically, there was a proposal, of course, by the NDP to increase the inclusion rate on capital gains. So right now, only 50%. Of capital gains are taxable. The NDP said if they were elected, presumably has a majority, they would have uh, introduced a rule that would include 75% of a capital gain in your income. That's a 50% increase, right? 50% Mm -hmm. more than 50% is 75%. Now, of course, we have a minority government, which is more complicated because the Liberals certainly didn't campaign on a 75% inclusion, right? That being said, you know, do they need to raise money? Yes. Do they like to tax higher-income Canadians? Well, we know that because of the increases in the tax rates for the highest-income Canadians across Canada federally. Um, Are they looking to maybe please a minority NDP? Maybe. So I think there's a lot of politics to play in this, so I'm not going to be the one to say it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. But I think uh, that being said, there is some concern and some speculation among uh, some analysts that, if there ever was a time that the government would look to increase the inclusion rate, even if it's just temporarily for a few years or so to raise revenue, uh, this might be the time, which means that could happen perhaps as soon as a federal budget, which generally happens in February.
4: okay,
1: yeah, that was fun. okay. I got another question that keeps on coming up. Is it better to invest in RSPs or TFSAs We're getting into RSP season now. Uh, people are saying, let's not go into this RSP thing because they tax us when we take the money out. Tax-free savings accounts, of course, tax-free when you take the money out. Uh, you've done some analysis. You have you pounded the the, uh, the stage when you were here in Calgary about which one's better. Let's get your opinion on that again.
3: Well, it, goes, it all comes down to your tax rates. You see, if your tax rate today, let's say you're in a 30% tax bracket, and it's always going to be the same. So when you retire, you'll have more or less the same income, 30% tax bracket. You can flip a coin because it really doesn't matter. TFSAs equal RSPs. We've done the math. We've got lots of material we're happy to uh, refer you to. However, for most Canadians, not everyone, but for most Canadians, they are in a lower bracket when they retire for the simple reason is they don't have any more employment income or they stop working or they downsize the amount of work that they do. Maybe they're doing some consulting. In that case, I would argue that if you're in a high bracket when you're working and a low bracket when you retire, RSPs will win out because when you take the money out, you're gonna pay a lower rate of tax. On the other hand, someone who's just starting their first job, someone in a low tax bracket, and here what I'm talking about, someone making, let's say under 40, $45,000 a year or so, probably best to do the TFSA first, because the RSP room, just like the TFSA room, will always be carried forward, but why not pay tax at the lowest rate you could possibly be at today, and then later on, if you ever get into a higher rate and you need the money, You will be able to take the money out of a TFSA without any tax at all. The one differentiating thing, and this is something that we would include in our determination, is that when you withdraw money from an RSP or even from a RIF, that's income. Mm -hmm. And therefore, any income tested government benefits, things like GIS, OAS, the H credit, GST credit, things like that, uh, those are all income tested. Whereas if you take money out of a TFSA, there is no impact on income, and therefore you do not lose any government benefits. So when doing that calculation of which to do, RSPs or TFSAs, we would include in that calculation an effective rate of losing a government benefit uh, and when we decide at what our RSP rate would be on a withdrawal.
1: All right, we're going into 2020 now. We've got the year ahead of us. Let's give us some, ta- some ideas or some ta- tax tips that we should be prepared for going right through to 2020.
3: Well, not a lot of changes for 2020. We have a, a small indexation of the federal brackets up 1.9%. Uh, so we have income up to about 48000 at 15%. Then we go up to all the way to the top bracket, which now kicks in federally at 214,000, that's at 29%, anything above that at 33%, above 214,000. Of course, Alberta rates on top of that, small changes to CPP and EI, not a lot there, not that best material. Probably the biggest change for 2020 is the increase in the basic personal amount. And that's the amount that every Canadian can receive uh, completely tax-free. So typically speaking, that number, uh, originally, was going to be around $12,000. What they have done instead is they have now introduced a new enhanced basic personal amount for most people, not everyone, but for most people. So effectively, for the year 2020, the new basic personal amount will actually be $13,229, but it will not be available to everyone. Because they wanted to basically make sure that wealthy individuals do not get this benefit, which means that if your income this year is more than $150,000, which is the bottom of the fourth tax bracket, uh, and all the way up to about 214,000, you start to reduce on a straight line basis the amount of credit you get, such that if you make over 214,000, you do not get that additional enhanced credit. So again, to be clear, Everyone gets the basic personal amount. No changes there. That'll be about $12,300. But to get that additional $1,000, your income must be below $150,000 in 2020.
0: Jamie, I want to thank you for taking some time with us. Get us all pointed in the right direction at the beginning of 2020. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. We've been joined by Jamie Golenbeck, Managing Director, Tax and Estate Planning, <clears throat> excuse me, CIBC Financial Planning and Advice we got to make all this make sense, and we got to work it into an income plan that can support a lifestyle. We're going to do that at our next seminar.
1: Yeah, tax is probably the biggest expense you will pay throughout your retirement. How do you bulletproof your retirement and reduce taxes? We're going to talk about that on Tuesday, January 21st, 7 p.m. at the Hamptons Golf Course. You need to reserve your seats. Give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com.
0: All right. Are you thinking about whether you should be adding to or taking away from stocks in your portfolio? Well, stick around after the break, and we're going to talk about that. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Uh, Really interesting show today, Faisal. But uh, I want to try to make some sense of all the different things that we've talked about, particularly around the markets uh, and the reaction that people are having. You know, that emotional reaction that people have to it. Now, you you and I often take a segment in the show, and, and we just Commiserate a little bit about what the week was like and the kinds of conversations and often there's a clear trend. Yeah, right where you and I are hearing the same kinds of things this week was a little bit different.
1: It was interesting when we got together yesterday in the morning and started talking about well, how's your week going? Yeah, and uh, we normally have this kind of chat in the mornings on Friday and kind of get to recap the week and have touch base on different clients and so forth. And normally we find that people who want to get more aggressive in the markets, want to start talking about buying in and having an aggressive or more aggressive strategy, they'll come talk to me because I'm the growth guy on the team. You're more the fixed income, bond guy, kind of risk adverse kind of individual. So the ones who want to be more
0: off risk, risk off, will
1: come to you. We had the opposite this week.
0: Well, so I found it not, not just interesting in that we had the opposite experience there, but I find, I find it very interesting that we had exactly opposite conversations which led to the same place same with conclusion. Yeah. So let me, let, let me start with, <laughs> um, with what I had. I, I spoke with two clients in particular that I'm thinking about here, and, and for different reasons, but both, both came to me and said, should we be adding more risk? Hmm. Now, what's interesting is both of these clients last year uh, got very concerned And they de risked their portfolios. Both did very well in terms of return. Okay. But what they did is they left some money on the table. Yes. As we had that late market, late year market rally. Yes. And FOMO kicked in.
1: FOMO stands for fear of missing out. Yes. Fear of
0: missing out, right? My dad used to tell me it's fear and greed that drives the market. I just think it's fear, fear of missing out or fear of losing money. Yep. Okay. And so we had this conversation. Both of these people don't need to take a tremendous amount of risk but emotionally they got affected by that rally. Yeah. I want back in. I, I want some I of that. Could have made more. So I want some of that. Yeah. yeah got my greedy lands out. I want some, I want <laughs> yeah. some of this, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Your experience was different. <laughs>
1: Completely different. <laughs> the ones that I've been talking to and I'm thinking of a couple as well, two two individual families. Man, do they do they read a lot of news clippings and get uh, newsletters and and they and it's doomsday. Yeah. Faisal, read this article. Right. We got to get out of the stock market. Right. After I read this one article, on china post in <laughs> that, that no one actually read and right some right 18 year old guy actually wrote it yeah um who's never had an experience in investing
0: and it could have been political propaganda who knows
1: who knows um another one ha- subscribes to a newsletter mm-hmm. receives the information on a monthly basis this bar this newsletter says the world's going to go to hell in a handbasket come a certain date in January. So we're panic, panic, panic phase. We got to sell out of everything. We got to go to cash. Right. So in my experience, in my experience, and the reason why I'm I'm laughing is not because of what they're going through, but because of the reaction to it. Right. And how we have to take a step back and say, Hey, um, let's walk through it. Now, in some cases it is an emotional and only emotional reaction. The reaction to reading an article is the trigger. Right not the actual root cause the root cause could be something happening in their own little world right their family what they're transitioning to in retirement whatever it may be that's what they're really is the issue but this article triggered them to say okay we got to react the other one is actually having a academic conversation right and saying look what's happening if i go to cash or i cut half my portfolio out of the stock and bond market and move it into cash i'm going to save on the downside so after you kind of explain market timing and that you have to time this perfectly in order to, to minimize your downside as a maximize your upside. You, you've got to know it perfect, which who knows that the second one is what's the actual attribution or hit to you if your thesis is correct. Right. And when we went through the entire portfolio and we kind of made assumptions of what could happen, he basically said to me, there's about a 70 to 80% chance this thing's going to crash. So given that, what's the impact? We found out the impact over the next three years in his assessment, 1.5% to the bottom line. Mm. So he wants to take a market timing risk to go 1.5%. Right. And so when he went through that process, Dave, he basically said, well, that's not that much. I can handle that volatility. Let's just stay put.
0: So, <laughs> and, and I had the, the opposite, right? Because my conversations were, okay, I want to get my greedy hands on some more of that money. Yeah. What will you do with more of that money? So let's say we increase the risk and you're rewarded for it and your portfolio grows by X. What will that mean to you and your family? I have more. That was it. And Th- what will you do with more? Yeah. Right? Do you want to gift it to your kids? One conversation had Nope. I've done that. I didn't like the way they spent the money.
1: Okay. So I want to have more, but I'm not going to give it to them. Got it. No, it was funny.
0: But it was, it was the exact opposite emotional reaction. Yeah. Right? In both cases, coming at it from a different approach, but both had an emotional reaction to that. Yeah. And in in all cases, when we had these conversations with these people, it was let's take it back to what the goals and objectives are, yeah. and what we're trying to accomplish. Okay, understand strategy, understand the probabilities, and understand the impacts. Yeah, right. Uh, the one client that I spoke to who went um, went to cash last year, mm-hmm. halfway three quarters away through the year, you know, called back and GICs are maturing now. And now I want to get back in. And I said, okay. well, how would you put me in? I would put you in under the strategy that we had before unless your objectives have changed or something has changed in your life. Well, no, it hasn't. Well, what if we get in and it goes down? Well, it could. Now we're having a market timing conversation again, right?
1: Similar to what I had.
0: Similar to what you had. So it doesn't matter the angle. This is what I thought was interesting, um, is we, we had clients coming at it from a different perspective. And it ultimately is going to end in the same, same conversation. Location. And that's the education for today, I think.
1: And I think when, when we when we go through that scenario or those that's, that approach, you get back to where you should be. Um, people who react to this have a higher risk. Now, there's two different types of risk. Right. There are investors who are just looking at growing their portfolio for use of that capital in the future, sure. 10 years down the road or whatever. So we've got time. Let's load up on risk. I understand that, but there's risks in between those two periods in time, today and 10 years from now. The reason why we've built this whole concept of four buckets, the reason why we actually have this strategy is for those people who are receiving income, they don't have to take this kind of risk. They don't have to market time. They don't have to worry about what's going on day to day in the markets because the income bucket doesn't look at that stuff. It's designed to just give you a paycheck indexed to inflation over the next 10 years. Right. That's why we built it. So you don't have to worry about what's he going to tweet. Right. Or what is the governor going to say here in Canada? Right. Right. We're going to actually insulate you from all that noise so you can focus on enjoyment. Right. Those who do not need that income and they're just growing, your question was beautiful. What are you going to do with more money?
0: Right. What does it mean mean, to you?
1: And so some people measure their success Mm -hmm. with the amount of money they have. Sure. I get it. And so- these are the things we have to figure out of what's really motivating us. And once we figure that out, then we can we can work with them based on that. No,
0: I agree. Right? So it ultimately will go back to what, what are the goals and objectives. And it, it's this curiosity. It's a curiosity of asking what's behind it. You made a comment earlier that I thought was really um, informative in that uh, often there's things extraneous outside of the market mm-hmm. in somebody's life that could be driving an emotional reaction to something. Yeah. Right. So as advisors... I think it's really important that you you have a curiosity about why, what's going on. Yeah, Tell me about what's happening in your life.
1: This is the conversation you need to have with your advisor. I agree. And if your advisor's not asking you, take the responsibility and come back and say, this is what I'm thinking. Right. Right? And sometimes you need to, be, you need to, have to work it through your head. Right. And so the advisor should be asking those questions. And if they're not, then figure out if that's the right advisor for you. But in other cases, you need to have that self-realization and bring that to the table and say, Correct. this is how I how I think. Right. So let's work together and figure out, based on how I think, right? right, And then we go from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Okay. Um, That's, this is a topic that we're going to talk about forever in a day Mm -hmm. because emotion drives decisions constantly in our world. All the time. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about, uh, I mean, we have to make sense of all this ultimately and put it into a strategy. What are we talking about? This is all concept and theory, but uh, every month we take the opportunity um, and and it's a privilege for us to be able to speak in front of people and educate them about what are we talking about when we talk about these things. And we're doing that, uh, in, well, we got our first one in January. The first here. one coming yeah. up
1: Tuesday, January 21st, 7 p.m. at the Hamptons Golf Course. Uh, and that that club is going to open up their doors for our guests and ourselves. But we're filling up pretty quick here, yeah. Dave. Yeah. And so you need to reserve your seats. Give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com.
0: All right, let's wrap it up. Um, thanks for joining us for another edition of More Than Money on 770-CHQR.